0: So it's always interesting when my friend Glenn Morgan swings by. He's the best conservative activist I know. And that says a lot because I know a lot of them. He's looking into how you might commit vote fraud in the separate country of Washington State.
1: Snohomish County has about 516,000 people that voted in the 2020 election, general election. And initially he came back with a list of about 30,000, just under 30,000 uh, people that voted but never had a ballot printed for them. And yet, they got counted. Glenn will explain
0: that and what's not explainable about it. And in thinking of election integrity, a school board member decided to go from Western Washington, Glenn's neighborhood, decided to go to Washington, D.C. to watch the president of the United States speak. Well, the FBI just visited him. Now, he, as we understand it, is not even charged with going into any of the buildings. But that didn't stop them from going into the guy's house and doing this. They
1: show up with this the federal SWAT you know, equipment, and they they come in on his house like he's some kind of you know drug kingpin with a with an army there ready to go. They broke his door down, smash his door down. They didn't have to; they could have just asked him, you know. But of course, they break the door, and he he looks at the search warrant and he sees that it includes uh, his safes. And I'm getting this secondhand from uh, from some people that were that were either there or close to there or talked to him afterwards, but that he had he had a couple safes in his house like most of us who have firearms do and so he saw the safes were on the search warrant list and he said hey listen here's the uh, the code to get into the safe you can just open it up yourself and take a look but they just threw that away ignored it and went in and cut and basically you know cut the safe apart and destroyed the safe and then strew everything out on the in the you know threw the guns out on the on the ground of course they did glenn morgan joins us in the totterman show
0: Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. For those who are unfamiliar with the separate country of Washington, uh, there are still people fighting to save it. My friend Glenn Morgan is doing that, and he is a very skilled, very skilled political activist, and the left hates his guts because he's so effective. Uh, He takes them into uh, court, because they misuse political funds he (laughs) draws them into public disclosure meetings he's extracted fines from them in excess of six hundred thousand dollars and he does this with good humor and good joy and that's part of his skill is to be what we call in politics a happy warrior you'll hear that from glenn but for those who are unfamiliar with the separate country of washington state here's some fun facts in the city of seattle It is legal, they say they will count ballots if you write it on a napkin, for real. So if you forgot to pick up a ballot, you can just write it on a napkin. And the election, so-called election officials say, they'll count it in Seattle. Also there, you can change your address right up next to an election and you never have to move. And so the way the Democrats can play this there, or for that matter, Republicans, is you can simply change your address to a congressional district where the race is tight, and you never even need to move. You never even need to have proof of that. Just change your address. And as Glenn will discuss, Washington State is famous for identity fraud. Because all of our databases have been hacked or theirs. I don't live there any longer and haven't for three years. All of their databases get hacked because they don't care about any of that stuff. And speaking of insecure, you can simply change your gender whenever you want. You don't have to prove anything. You just walk down and change it. So all of a sudden, you're no longer you. The ability to commit fraud is massive. And of course, Western Washington doesn't get a waiver from FBI action. Pretty shocking story about a school board member who found himself being raided by the FBI even though he promised to turn himself in. Glenn Morgan about to join us exclusively on The Todd Herman Show. You know what is so puzzling and so infuriating sometimes is when you do everything right and you just do not get results. That is so puzzling and so infuriating... And it can make you sad, frustrated, particularly when you do something like for years or for months or a year, you've been just just hammering away at limiting what you eat and you see your friends eating all this food and you cannot drop this unwanted fat from your body and it simply will not release and you'll walk and you golf and you swim and it will not come off. And if you're in that position you know the frustration because it's that thing where I am doing this right. Our bodies are very clever. God is a great designer. And our bodies are very very clever. My body is Scandinavian, right? It's Scandinavian from Scandinavian countries. It wants to hold on to fat, man. Cuz you always know the cold winters coming. I don't know where you're from. But there's trigger foods for me. And when I lost 150 pounds of unwanted fat, one of the first things I learned was trigger foods, foods that keep the fat on my body, even if I'm killing it in the gym. And I've, I've been a gym rat for the past 20 years. So if you're not a gym rat, but you exercise, you do everything else right, it might be time to get help. And the people I recommend are at Soda Weight Loss. I've seen it in the face of my loved ones who are on this program. I've seen it with podcast family members who are on this program and the pictures they send me. I've seen it with other people who've lost 150 pounds and kept it off. There's a reason they have over 7,000 Google reviews, an average of 4.8 stars out of 5 at Google reviews. Soda weight loss, S-O-T-A, it stands for state of the art. Because they are state of the art. Let's get ready to hear from Glenn Morgan from wethegovern.com. And also, he'll tell you about what he's doing to try to save Washington State. Let'sgowa.com. And hold on, because this guy knows what he's talking about. Hey, joining us now is my friend Glenn Morgan, com and Citizens Alliance for Property Rights. Glenn, welcome back to the Todd Herman Show. Todd, as always, it's great to be here. Um, always you as an activist, I got to see you this past week and we'll talk about a little about what you're doing to the degree that you're comfortable. I know that you're trying to get Washington State back. I think it's dead, but man, if anyone can politically resurrect it, you can do it. Uh Jesus is the only one who can actually resurrect it. Uh so we might talk about that. But let me just tell you, I was sitting with Glenn uh having pizza at my favorite pizza place. And by the way, was that not a fantastic place? It was a great place, and I loved the view. Yeah. So, uh, see, he can testify to that. And you told me about a way that the the party, uh, in fact, the Democrats in this case in Washington State, might have found a really slick way to cheat uh, on elections. So, can you run us through that?
1: Sure. And I I want to clarify because my. Gut would tell me that uh, what's being done is probably doesn't directly involve the Democrats because it's a clown show over there and nobody would really trust them with anything. But I think there's some groups that um, could use this method, and it appears they may be able to get away with it, or at least they have so far. And I have to give a lot of credit to Doug Rollstone, who's the chair of the Snohomish County Republicans, because he recommended going down this uh, one rabbit hole. And it had to do with comparing... The list that the auditor sends to the printer in order to print ballots. We're an all mail-in ballot state. And what that means is that you have to have a a list of every address, every voter, right, in order to print the ballots. Uh, And you have to send that list over to the printer that does public record. And so they got that list and then wanted to compare it to who actually voted. And the vote, as as you know, whoever votes is a public record as well, so you can compare the two. Uh, now, in theory, there shouldn't be too much of a difference. You'd expect that they printed more ballots than um, than who actually voted, because you'd have some people that wouldn't vote, but you wouldn't expect to get what they got, which is that it. And and uh, Snohomish County has about 516,000 people that voted in the 2020 election, general election. And initially he came back with a list of about thirty thousand, just under thirty thousand um, uh, people that voted but never had a ballot printed for them. Now we could explain some Wait, of that. Say that again. I want to make sure everyone. Let's hold on. I want to make sure
0: everyone followed that. Can you say that one more time? I had to do this at dinner too, but just, just I want right. to make sure everyone follows what Glenn says.
1: So what we basically found is a large, large list. The initial list looked like it was about thirty thousand people who voted, you know, they're, they, they had a vote count for them in the election in 2020, but there had never been a ballot requested for them to be printed by the Snohomish County Auditor. And they didn't register in the last 30 days, which if you did, then you wouldn't have a ballot requested. So you'd have to have them make one up for you in the last minute because they allow uh, same-day voter registration in Washington now. And so we could explain some of them, um uh, there are some of them that a few thousand of them that would be people who uh, w- were what they call inactive voters, it means they hadn't voted in a long time. And for whatever reason, they decided to wake up uh, with an epiphany sometime between when the ballots were printed and when it was time to vote. And they decide, oh, my God, I love Trump or I hate Trump. And I got to go down and get a ballot printed for me right now. And we did find several thousand of those people. There's also another category uh, in Washington state. You're allowed to print your own ballot. And so we found that maybe some of them could printed their own ballot, so we took those out. But even after you take all those out and you give every benefit of the doubt uh, to, the, um, to the auditor's uh, processes and everything else and try to find any excuse for why this is going on, we still come up with this universe of about 20 some odd thousand voters, well, voters, I'll put a question, <laughs> votes <laughs> that never had a ballot printed for them and, uh, and I know that a bunch of those people are not valid voters because I, was, uh, I also have a group called the Washington Voter Research Project, and we were doorbelling a bunch of homes in Snohomish County, and our volunteers, doorbellers, found that uh, when you looked at our what they called an anomaly list uh, that they had produced after going door-to-door, uh, two-thirds of those anomalies were on this list of people who had never had a ballot requested by the auditor to be printed, and yet somehow— they voted or somehow a vote was cast for them. And so uh, had we not done that canvassing, I might have just figured it was some kind of statistical anomaly. You know, there was something odd. And, and uh, what we did find is that the um, when I presented this to the Seattle Times reporter uh, at a public forum down in Clark County, which is southwest Washington, when I did that, they actually called the Snohomish County Auditor and said, "What's your story? What do you?" And then suddenly, the wow, Snohomish good County, yeah, you no, know, I mean, I, I uh, I'm glad Jim Bruner did that. And the Snohomish County Auditor just woke up suddenly and realized he actually had a job to do. And so, whatever stupor he was in, he suddenly discovered there's something wrong, and he started scrambling. And he, at this point, has no answer as to what is going on there. And this is a serious issue because it means that. Uh, somehow, uh, a bunch of ballots somewhere around that order of around twenty thousand twenty some odd thousand uh, ballots are basically somebody prints them and they come in and they 're counted as a as a uh, legal vote and uh, but yet nobody at the auditor 's office is requesting them and there were a couple things that I checked into, which was, well, what about the controls, right? They're supposed to have all of these uh, uh, security controls. Not that they have very many, but they, they have a couple that they're supposed to exist. And one of them is, well, you have to have a signature on it that matches in theory. They're supposed to, the machine's supposed to match the signature. But one of the things that we've known in Washington State for a long time is that our Department of Licensing is where most of these signatures get created because of the motor voter laws and... um there's a number of that's primary. Not everyone, but most of them come from that uh, government database, and that database is very compromised right now. You, it's it's wide, yes. it's widely available on the dark web. Um, it, Washington state's considered the number one uh, state in America if you want to get fake ID. Uh, that there's a reason why. Washingtonians, we're not allowed to actually fly um, on, on airlines with just our driver's license as ID because it's so compromised. And it's not clear that the databases haven't been compromised. And I've had six different whistleblowers from that agency alone contact me with all the problems that exist there. So getting that list, if you're going to be a bad actor is not difficult. And I don't even think it's that expensive anymore. So you could match arguably, than the, those signatures. Uh, and then you would easily defeat that security function if, if it's even turned on in Snohomish County. The other question was that most of these people look like they were what you call in, an inactive voter, which means that they were probably a real person at one time, maybe eight years ago, 10 years ago, they had lived there and they had voted, but they had stopped voting for, um, you know, seven, six, seven years, whatever. And they basically, they get put into what's called an inactive status. And actually what it means is that the Snohomish County Auditor was doing their job. They weren't requesting ballots for them as, they, as the state law and um, uh, their wax would say, the, the, the rules that they, have, that they apply. So it looks like they were doing their job. They weren't requesting these ballots. And yet somehow they got printed and voted, and they go right through the machine. And the reason why they go through the machine is that when you look at a ballot like this, I'm gonna show just as this is one that, I got a whole pile of these out of a homeless camp, which I can show you here, but just to show you what it looks like, as long as these barcodes look right, and as long as this setup is matching all what all the other ballots look like as they're coming in, right? And th- this is the one they mail out, but if you, if you look at some of these that are open, there's an internal envelope that comes in. As long as that barcode is set up correctly, um, the the machine will just accept it, uh, even if it wasn't an active voter, uh, They'll the machine will automatically default saying, okay, uh, must be a mistake, and we'll accept it. Uh, now, the auditors will sometimes tell you that's not what happens. But when you actually talk to the people who run the machines, uh, in most counties, what it looks like is that they just accept them, and they just get counted as a regular ballot. And there's no way to distinguish it, if it's on the same paper, right, it looks the same, there's nothing unusual about it, it wouldn't stand out. Yeah. And my my theory, and I'll, I'll present this as a theory because I hate, uh, I think there's a lot of speculation that goes on on people who are concerned about voter integrity, myself included, but there tends yeah. to be a lot of speculation out there that there's no evidence or anything to support what what you're talking about. And it also, they they're, sometimes they're fairly elaborate theories, but I don't think this takes that much effort to do it. And uh, all you need to do, most of these ballots, uh, in fact, most of Washington State's ballots and most of the ballots actually on the West Coast of the United States in general, get printed at one facility in Everett. Uh, it's called uh, K&H Printing. They, they do massive 60 million ballots get printed there uh, every election cycle, give or take. And so... It's very easy. They're very busy when they're out there printing a bunch of ballots. And so it wouldn't be very hard for an employee on the graveyard shift to just bring a thumb drive in and just print a batch of ballots that it's the same paper. It's the same database. Everything looks the same. It looks right. It would pass physical inspection or muster and then say, oh, the hot my mistake. I screwed up uh, you know, it's an extra twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand ballots over here, whatever. Uh, we better throw that away and shred it. And instead of shredding it, it just walks out the door. And you have you probably would only need one person inside to do something like that. And it would never show up because they're doing so much all the time. It's probably less than their shredder calculations that you would have there. And it's a pretty smooth way to not have to go through a lot of work to get a bunch of what would appear to be legal ballots. Uh, voter is already set up in the system. Uh, you didn't even have to fake them in the beginning like ACORN got caught doing in 2007. You, they're they're already in the system, and they just haven't voted in a long time. And so it would look just like uh, um, you know an inactive voter decided to wake up one day and, and send in their ballot that they didn't somehow have printed for them. And uh, that's kind of – it's a way that you could do it. Now, 20,000 ballots may not sound like a lot out of 516,000. But it is enough to change, It, it depending on which precincts they're in, it's enough to make a difference in probably three or four legislative uh, districts in that county that are very close. It's enough to make a difference on who controls the county council in Snohomish County. It's certainly enough to make a difference on Muggleteo, Edmonds, and a number of other city uh, council races that we've had, the sheriff's race, other races that have been close in the past that's about all you need. You don't need a million ballots. You just need a small number in the right place at the right time. And it probably, if you were doing something like this, so it doesn't have to work every time. Sometimes you fail and you don't get enough. But um, when you really put your head down, and you're going to work hard. Uh, a small group of probably three people, maybe four people at the most, and you could probably pull this off. And um it's the, it's a pre-realistic thing that should be checked into, and uh, this uh, I believe that they need to do a lot more work to look into this company. Now, the, I will point out uh, to Doug Rollstone's credit, he has requested a review of the envelopes uh, uh, because that is a public record, and he has formally requested uh, a review of it. But it's going to take months before they even approve that. And remember, it took us a long time to even get to this point. Now we're almost two years past that election cycle. And now we're trying to go back and figure out what is exactly is there something to see here? you know you want it, all we're looking for is the truth, and uh, it's not clear how much the envelope inspection would find. You might be able to find a few things though so uh, so they're going to go and take a look at these this narrowed list of um, questionable. Um, votes, or at least uh, you can't really see the ballots anymore, but because they get separated from the envelope, but at least you can see the envelope and you can see if there's any commonalities or if there's anything uh, worth seeing there. But it is a um, major loophole regardless in how um, somebody, a bad actor could actually go and and do something bad. And I don't think it's the party. Uh, you know, I send people over to the Democrat party meetings all the time and infiltrate them all the time and it's you know it's a clown show of goofballs there so i don't think anybody would really trust them with any information like this this, this requires a level of skill and it, and you know you have to pay attention to detail but it would obviously benefit them and their candidates and uh and it could benefit their candidates so it's something worth looking into and it's just one of many things that uh, that we're looking into when it comes to resolving Uh, some of the challenges that exist with mail-in voting. I mean, this wouldn't happen except that we have mail-in voting. And mail-in voting has a... Yeah, yeah, it's forced mail-in voting. Yeah, and and that's it's a key for
0: people to understand this because you'll say, well, I'll I'll just, I'll go vote in person. And no, I mean, I guess you could go submit your vote in person you could go down um, to the to King County or to a voting authority but no you'll use the mail um, otherwise and and one other thing in this that I thought was uh, so so smart about what you said is this doesn't take um, a big conspiracy this right. takes one dishonest employee and someone writing a check and someone coming and saying okay here's here's five grand thank you for the ballots here's five thousand dollars in cash have a good day And for 30,000 ballots uh, to stick a thumb drive in a thing, I don't think that's that hard, Um, you know, particularly in,
1: frankly, in Western Washington where crime is legal. And, you know, and the challenge is that nobody wants to look for this. I mean, this is the other thing to remember is that even bringing this up as as a theory uh, as an operating theory, just like you would on any other crime investigation or fraud investigation that you look into, and I do a lot of fraud investigation in government, in government uh, yeah. elected officials and bureaucracies, and so you have to come up sometimes with operating theory. Anytime you talk to somebody in law enforcement, you you know what's actually going on here. I suspect something's going on, but what is it really, and how how do we find it? Even bringing up that question makes the um, the traditional media, the corporate media go uh, they foam at the mouth and they they just come unglued. the fact that you would even question it is not allowed. It's wrong think, and no one dare think it. you know and and I think that's the that's the bigger challenge here is instead of having a rational conversation of, hey, this is a loophole and why don't we go look at it instead, uh, what will happen is uh, King 5 News, right? Chiron, uh, all these guys are going to all get together and they're all going to spend whatever resources they have to try to prove that it can't possibly happen, right? They don't want to look into even the potential. They're going to spend all their time defending, repeating whatever talking points are fed to them by the PIO, the public information officers, and they'll never look into this. I mean, if you dumped a truckload of ballots on Jim Bruner's front yard, I don't think he would even ask where they came from. He would just laugh about it and and ignore it. The the,
0: the Seattle Times reporter. And look, we bring this up a lot, Glenn, and I had the great... Great privilege of actually welcoming him to Rush's show, uh, Rush Limbaugh back in the day. God rest the maha. We brought Dino Rossi on mm-hmm. to talk about how elections are stolen. Is and and for everybody to hear it one more time, and it's old news for people who live in. Uh, and I, I won't say the separate kind of wa- country of Washington, out of respect for you. I will not say separate country. <laughs> I will say Washington State. Um, that that's this is old news about Dino Rossi. He was running for governor. Mm-hmm. against a woman who when she's in office is Chris Gregoire when she's running she's christine mm-hmm. very mobbed up Democrat and um 2004. Dino won 2004 thank you yep. Dino won the first race first count pardon me yep. Dino won the second count and then very famously one of the people running the elections and as Stalin said I don't care about uh the you know don't, don't just give me the people who count the votes that's what I want and someone famously said okay all we need is about 500 ballots or something and then she said, right. "Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's a really close race." Right. And then this is this 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 happened. Guy says, "Oh, oh, I can't even believe it. Yep. You know, I forgot I have fifteen hundred ballots in the trunk of my car. Oh my goodness, I'm just now remembering." And they bring those in, and wouldn't you know it? They broke seventy five percent or so for Chris, Christine Gregoire. And wasn't that batch of ballots didn't they didn't a bunch of them come from the same address that turned out to be the King County administration
1: building? There were a ton of problems with that cycle. I mean, there were the other scandals that came up at the time that really didn't get the play they deserved in the media was the fact that the, the election supervisor in King County, which is the only county that has an election supervisor instead of an, an elected auditor, uh, wasn't an elected position. And so the King County Council, Ron Sims, was actually councilman who, who was there at the time, a hardcore lefty Democrat, was act- actively emailing them, telling them which ballots to count, and which ones to ignore. And so there was a lot of, of shady stuff that was going on going on at the time, and it, um, you know, where I used to work at the Freedom Foundation, they were heavily involved in this kind of follow-up of the chaos that yeah. came out of the 2004 election. And, um, you know, they, they made sure that position was going to be elected, no longer just an appointed position. But, you know, there, there's, when you open up, you really open up a can of worms when you create a system in which you have no good way to audit anything that's happening, you can recount stuff, but you, uh, that is something that they know how to do. But you can't, there's no, there's no such thing as an audit function uh, built into the, um, to the current election process in Washington State. And so even though... Almost every Democrat that is in public office today in Washington state and every public leader of the Democratic Party was claiming that the election was rigged and stolen from 2016 until 2020. That is all they said. Every single one of them said that. And the media went along with it and and let them talk about their theories. Um, The minute 2020 came around, suddenly you're no longer allowed to look at things like this, which is relatively wonkish. Um, you know, detail kind of thing. I, I dig through spreadsheets and I'm dealing with whistleblowers all the time in different state agencies looking into different problems and I've never had anything like the um, uh, media's willingness to suspend all uh, sense of questioning on, until I've yeah. run into this subject. There's nothing in the last 12, 13 years that I've been dealing with this that I've ever run into where they're, they were totally unwilling to even entertain any question and it's across the board.
0: I've only only seen it in COVID um, and the response to COVID and the, and the, and the magic injections and then in trans and kids. Um, that I've seen right. that, but I agree totally on, on the election stuff. And this has so much to do. Election integrity was why Jan 6 happened. Uh, it's because people felt, and, and in my opinion, had good reason to believe the election was rigged, if not stolen. There's a difference between rigged and stolen, I think. It was rigged. Um, and that was the changing of the rules and the hiding of stories. And we know that so well. So when we continue with Glenn Morgan, we the govern.com is where you can see his work, we the governed.com. Um, I do want to touch on these homeless, uh, the the ballots from the homeless camp, real quick. But then I want to get into the story of a of a school board member, mm-hmm. uh, and the FBI said, "Hey, we're going to come and look into you." And when they came to look into them, um, they they did some things. Glenn's going to discuss that with us. Hey, uh, if you're watching the video, uh, I don't know. Sometimes the video comes out mirrored. It's really weird. But this hat is a Bone Frog Coffee hat. This is Bone Frog Coffee. It's bonefrog.us, and when you buy this coffee, you're buying into something bigger than just the coffee. Now, the coffee's paramount. Honestly, goodness, if, if, if it didn't taste great, I couldn't possibly discuss it. I couldn't. How would I? I'd be embarrassed. And then there's also the fact that it is backed by Navy SEAL families. How do I know that? Because bonefrog.us, when you purchase there, you give part of those proceeds go to the families of fallen Navy SEALs, some of the most elite warriors in in our nation's history who chose to offer their life for this country now on the coffee and the topic of the coffee western washington is whack and insane and it's it's irredeemably evil except for glenn glenn's gonna fix it all (laughs) um and uh it is the coffee universe right so where this all got started dave stewart started seattle's best coffee and it became so big and so successful that starbucks was forced to purchase it so Dave advises the 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL himself, Tim Cruikshank, on roasting the coffees, and he also creates some of the roasts. So our ask is simple. Go to bonefrog.us, simple as could be, and try the coffee. If you've already tried it, subscribe at bonefrog.us. Glenn Morgan's with us. Uh, Glenn, quickly let's touch on this um, on the homeless camps where you went out and collected these ballots, and then let's get to this discussion about the ordering school board member.
1: Sure. And I I just really, this is a follow on what we were just talking about, but I have a pile of ballots here just to give you a sense of of the stuff that gets tossed out like confetti uh, around election time when the auditors send out all these all these ballots. And and I mean, these just came from one camp in federal way. uh, And this every homeless camp tends to have these things strewn all over them uh, right around. They get when they get mailed out, like all these ballots are just sitting out there. And, uh, you know, it in this case most of these are unopened they haven't been used so nobody did anything nefarious with these ballots specifically but it's worth pointing out that this is one of the challenges we talk about a lack of chain of custody um, the one thing you don't have when people come in to vote in a location they'd have to do in person is you don't have a bunch of just ballots thrown out there willy-nilly, laying all over the sidewalk and at the postal office and in the garbage cans and all over homeless camps all over the state, which you do right now in Washington around election time, uh, starting a couple weeks before election, when they first mail them out. It happens every single time. And that is, an in, is just another indication that um, there's a lot of problems with with mail-in uh, voting, and when you make everybody go into this mail-in voting type system, especially when they just volunteer and send it out to everybody yep. that they can make up, uh, then you really do have problems, and I'm, I'm only touching in this conversation on a teeny fraction of what those problems are, but uh, it's important that people who don't live in a state like that don't go down that road.
0: Oh, no doubt. I mean, listen, one of the ways to lose your state is to go to forced mail-in voting. Um, And so election integrity drove a lot of people to go to D.C. on Jan 6th. And President Trump is is deeply convinced that the election was stolen from him. I don't blame him. I just don't. I mean, there's just too many instances and, and questions and and things that simply don't happen. Right? It's, we've talked about it too much. So I won't delve into it. But you're aware of a case in Ording, uh, Washington, where a school board member did he he went to Jan 6. Now, did he
1: break into buildings? Uh, no, he never went inside the building. Actually,
0: so, so did he
1: just spray paint rude things. Nope. Didn't do that. And in fact, I don't really know that he did anything other than the fact that he was there with the stepson, um, and, uh, you know, on the outside and, and, uh, you know, I wasn't there on January 6th, so I don't, I can't, you know, uh, I can only go off of what people told me and all the uh, thousands of videos that were taken. I mean, I can't imagine an event more videotaped than this one, but, uh, what, you know, the the way, of course, that they've reacted to the January 6th event is unlike anything I've ever seen uh, with any protests in the history of the country. So the overreaction and exaggeration that I think has has uh, gone on in the theater and the exaggeration and the need to take the law and egregiously apply it beyond all recognition only to these people, not to the people that were burning down all the cities in, in 2020, right? Not to the people that started arson fires, not to the people that you know, smashed buildings, not to the people that uh, you know, caused all that kind of mayhem. Nothing happens to those people. And statistically, a lot more people were arrested at those, elect- at those uh, protests over 2020, but very, very few of them, if any, were charged with anything. And the ones that were, were so, they, had, they either murdered somebody or they actually did something that was documented. And even most of those people generally got away without a lot of protests and a lot of, I should say, legal uh, ramifications for what they did. And in fact, uh, you had our current vice president who offered to to make sure she covered their bail, right? You know, so they could get back right. out on the street. So all that's going on. And then now, um, and uh, the guy is, is an ording school board member. His name's Jeff Slaughter. I think you might've had him on your show in the past. Yeah. It's very familiar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've met him. I, I know I've talked to him probably a few times. We're not like close yeah. friends, but but he's just another guy out there trying to do the right thing, get involved in local government. Uh, and he has just, you know, now it's, what is it, 18 months practically at, since the January 6th timeframe. And suddenly he discovers last week that he, um, that, the, that the feds were going to, there's an arrest warrant out for him. I don't know how he discovered it, but he found out about it. And so he thought, oh, Hey, uh, he called the FBI and he said, "Listen, I'll go turn myself in. You tell me where to go, I'll go turn myself in. Let me just get an attorney. I'll drive to wherever you are and and I'll meet you and turn turn myself in." And while he's in the process of getting an attorney, um, they show up with this the federal SWAT. You know, equipment, and they they come in on his house like he's some kind of you know drug kingpin with a with an army there, ready to go. Yeah, and uh, they broke his door down, smash his door down. They didn't have to; they could have just asked him, you know. But of course, they break the door, and he he looks at the search warrant and he sees that it includes uh, his safes. And I'm getting this secondhand from yeah. uh, from some people that were that were either there or close to there or talked to him afterwards, but. That he had he had a couple safes in his house like most of us who have firearms do and so he saw the safes were on the search warrant list and he said hey listen here's the code uh, here's the uh, the code to get into the safe you can just open it up yourself. And take a look, but they just threw that away, ignored it, and went in and cut and basically, you know, cut the safe apart and destroyed the safe, and then threw everything out on the and the you know threw the guns out on the on the ground, uh, threw ammunition everywhere. Uh, didn't they actually didn't really take much of that? They left most of that just strewn throughout the house, left the door broken on the front, and uh, hauled them away. And they had an APC there, you know, an armored personnel carrier, you know, an MRAP in the middle of this neighborhood out in Ording. Uh, and ordinance is a small little town in uh you know in in uh yeah, out in kind of the rural areas there and it was just absurd and completely theater only it 's just this abusive theater put on by the feds in this case uh although they did have the Pierce county sheriff do uh traffic control along the along the the neighborhood there but it was really the feds that decided that this was an appropriate use of resources and force, and you know. It, they just to make a big show and a big scene, and of course, uh, you know they're going to overcharge him for everything, which is what has been what I've seen them do with almost everybody now. And um, it's it's just another example, I think, of intimidation and an abuse of power, and ensuring that people continue to lose respect for the rule of law. Because when the law is not applied equally to all, then uh, it's not what aboutism at that point in time. It's about The fact that pretty soon you realize that there's not a, there isn't just a set of laws. There's one set of laws that apparently all anybody who's on the conservative uh, side of the spectrum or has the ability to independently think for themselves, there's one rule of law for them. That will mean they smash in your door and they they abuse you in every legal possible way they can. And then there's another rule of law if you're going to be on the political elites' side or the establishment side, even if you are an arsonist or a violent felon and you're going to be out there protesting the street, you'll be treated with kid gloves and nothing's going to happen to you. And that. That, those are the seeds for a breakdown in society, not just law and order, but that really it really leads to something far worse down the road. And I think it's important to call it out and, and recognize it for what it is. It's abusive. It's out of control. It's totally unnecessary. And, and, uh, and I really hope that uh, we see this come to an end very quickly because this is not the right way to do things. Yeah. And I'll put it this way. Um, the FBI at
0: the boss level is driving a cultural revolution. Here's here's what they're showing. You do what helps us. We'll let you get away with a lot. Maybe not murder, maybe not burning down police cars with Molotov cocktails, but we'll let you get away with a lot. You can do a lot. You can try to break into a, you know, a federal courthouse night after night for two years. You can attempt to kill cops. Sure. Just don't kill them, but we'll let you get away with that. But you do one thing that questions our power um, you, our control, you do one thing that draws in any skepticism on us. And especially if it's lined with an orange man, then we are going to overcharge. We're going to intimidate. We're going to break things. And the process is the punishment. And Hey, if you've got three or four or five, six, $7 million sitting around to fight this, good for you. We'll take that. And yeah, you'll probably get acquitted eventually six or seven years down the road. And now you're 14 million bucks in because there's the money that you didn't get right? And that you had to spend and we're going to fine you. We're going to torture you. And what they're really saying is this is a model. You come out in favor of Trump. We're going to find a way to get you. We're going to deplatform you. And this is cultural revolution stuff. And this is how it always happens. And yeah, when a high-trust society becomes a low-trust society, you don't want to be around for that. High-trust societies, people follow the law because most people do. It's not because they're afraid of getting caught. It's because it's a societal norm. The other thing is culture flows from the top and this stuff is coming from the top. So this should chill everybody and to the liberals who happen to pop into the show or or people who maybe are just new to the show Understand that, that that republics and democracies have very rarely been permanent. And eventually, sometime or another, this model can be used against you. And if you use it against us, eventually it will be used against you. It'll be your door, it'll be your gun safe. If you don't have a gun safe, it'll be your car, it'll be your it'll be whatever they decide to destroy. Because the point is not that it's a gun safe. The point is that they can cause economic pain. It's thuggery. And right. that's I mean, gosh, I could go off on a rant on that. Glenn, I've taken up a bunch of extra time from you. And uh, I want to say we com. That's Glenn's work. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk at all about, is there anything we can do to help you on the initiative stuff you're doing? Because the show is national, uh, but right. is there anything we can do to help you? Because you've got something going on there locally, which is big.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I, I am an, a conservative activist. And uh, yeah. as I've mentioned before, the, the, uh, one of the things I've been volunteering a lot on this cycle is an effort to help about 11 initiatives, try to get them across the finish line, which means we need to get enough signatures to get them to qualify, to put them uh, first to the legislature and then, and then on the ballot next year if the legislature doesn't approve them. And it does include things that I think address some of the lack of auditing in auditor's offices, for example, cutting yeah. taxes, improving public safety. There's a lot of good, good ideas there. And you can find out more about that if you go to let's go wad. Dot .com. So let's go, Washington.com. Let's go. .com. You can read all the 11 initiatives there. Um, we're doing a lot of volunteer efforts in the Puget sound area, uh, especially where the big population centers are to collect signatures and big concentrated efforts to collect enough signatures to get over the finish line by December. And, uh, and then meanwhile, uh, you know, uh, you can find out more. I, I also still have a YouTube channel called we the governed that's heavily shadow banned and, and uh, they'll probably try to make sure it's hard for you to find it, but I do, uh, produce regular videos there as well, and uh, and pretty soon I'll have to have that only on Rumble. But I'm I'm still going <laughs> to use I'll still use it on YouTube until they kick me off entirely. But um, if you want to know more about what's going on Washington State and uh, Todd, I'm going to correct something. It isn't going to be about me, right? It's going to be a, I'm not the one that makes a difference. I'm just one of many yeah. people trying to push back and and uh, trying to do my best to expose the truth and and uh, fight for the community and the state that I love. And uh, you know, my there's a lot of people with me here in this state. And I think people, um, it's it's easy to write off uh, areas when, uh, especially if you don't live there, you know, there's a lot of people looking at this probably from other states that are, that are considered more conservative. Everything that's happened in Washington State and California is happening in your state right now. It doesn't matter if you're in Idaho, Montana, Texas, Florida, I don't care. You have the exact same thing happening and you're just asleep at the switch because you think because somebody has an R next to their name that they're not going to pass crazy policies or... Uh, stupid ideas and it there's a genuine slippery slope when it comes to our freedom that once you travel down it becomes hard to come back and um, We really have to you appreciate it more when you're fighting for it and uh, yeah. and there's a lot of people fighting for it now Well, yeah, and you know, um So well said. I I don't mean anything to add
0: to that. Uh, So let's go wall, let's go Mm washington.com. If you can help distribute these initiatives, if you have a store that you're willing to, you know, step out front. I know you've talked to churches and have some Mm -hmm. success there. Um, I don't mean to say, look, I I don't think any man saves us, Glenn. You know, I think it's, it's, this is a God thing or we're not battling uh, flesh and blood. It's spirits and principalities in this, you know, that run the dark realm. Uh, that's what I think we're battling. And, yeah, second, the greatest consolation prize in the world is saving America. And somewhere along the line, if if you guys end up saving Washington State, um, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll make another visit over there. I'll come <laughs> over Although we're planning that anyway. Glenn Morgan, my brother, I just ask you to go with God's good grace. I, I appreciate your work. You're the best conservative activist in Washington State, maybe in the country. Thank you so much, Todd. Thanks for having me on. Hey, please do pray for the people of Washington State. Play for, pray for Glenn and his team and support them if you can, if you live there. If there's a chance to bring the state back, uh, Glenn's a guy with the ideas and, frankly, the guts to get it done. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and remember to take a moment to pray for the people around you. There's so often struggles that people don't share, so often struggles in families, and people just don't share those things. So maybe just take a moment to pray.